0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and the 2022 NFL draft is complete. The Dallas Cowboys have made their picks. And to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start off by honestly saying that I'm far from satisfied with how the draft went for the Cowboys. And I'll be honest, I was a bit frustrated or I should say I am. And and pretty disappointed as well because honestly the the, the pick just, you know, did not go the way I would expected. I mean, the, even though the first round, I did say if we have to go with an offensive line at I min, mean, I would not be upset, but I just feel like we took the wrong one because again in the episode I said that we should have definitely gone after Tyler Lenderbomb, the, the center from uh, the University of Iowa. But we, we were in need of a tackle and a guard. So perhaps if that's the reason why the Cowboys didn't take him, then maybe I can understand why. But I'm sure that we, we could have easily converted the guy to uh, the proper position that, we, that we're definitely in need of. But, you know, what do I know? But I said what I said about Tyler Smith. Look, and l- like I said, I- I'm going to stick to my guns. I made, I made a solemn vow that if Tyler Smith turns out to be one of the best offensive line in, in the next four years... I will come on my show, and I will own up to my mistakes. I will take responsibility for it, and I will fully praise Tyler Smith and give him all the credit, credit that he deserves. But you know, even in week one, if he start, should he start week one? If he plays great, that's when I'll start giving him the credit. But still, he's gonna have to build on the, on the success. It's, it's it's gonna take one year, more than one year, for him to prove himself that he is in fact the right guy that the Cowboys took. So. You know, honestly, we're still far away from that. Uh, I'm gonna be patient. We should definitely give him the time to prove himself. There's no doubt about it. But honestly, uh, that goes for everybody that we drafted because even though, again, I'm not satisfied with the picks. Uh, you know, the best thing to do is to, is to give a chance because how many times have we been proven wrong by certain draft picks that we didn't agree with at the beginning? You know, I didn't mention this on the first episode, but the Tyler the Tyler Smith draft pick. You know what that reminds me of? It actually reminds me of Travis Frederick. I mean, I might have mentioned it. I don't remember. I don't recall. But yeah, us selecting Tyler Smith truly reminds me of when we selected Travis Frederick back in two thousand thirteen. Y'all remember that in the two thousand thirteen NFL draft, we had a we had our pick was like in the middle, and then we traded to go down, and then we ended up getting Travis Frederick. I mean, in the second round, we ended up getting a tight end, Gavin Escobar, and that certainly was a pick I did not agree with. But t- Gavin Escobar wasn't completely terrible, but but still, I mean, the fact that we had gotten a tight end, tight end in the second round in 2013—that's still kind of beyond me, and I still feel like it should not have happened. But it did happen, and you know, that was then. This is now, but but starting in the second in the second round. When we drafted Sam Williams out of the University of Mississippi, so his position, according to ESPN.com, it has him as an outside linebacker. But ESPN, excuse me, but NFL.com has him as an edge. So that tells me that he's perfectly capable of playing both positions. So uh, I guess that's a little of similarity to uh, Mr. Micah Parsons. So I guess uh, there's uh, definitely a bit of excitement as far as that goes. Now I did speak to my good friend John, Mr. John Misak, aka the critical Broncos fan, and he said that Sam Williams, uh, the biggest problem with him was certain off the field issues. And John and I spoke, and I said, "Well, the Cowboys have it." And I had, to, and I did remind him, and you know, he was already aware of it because he, he. But the Cowboys have a history of of taking a chance with players who who have in the past or currently have on the field ish, off the field issues. Excuse me. So. As far as the Cowboys taking a player who's who had off off the season issues whether it's in the past or the present, it's really nothing new in their case. So so all I can all I can hope is that Sam Williams, you know, now, now that he's a pro, he knows that, you know, now there's no there's no room for screwing up. To screwing up, you know, it's going to affect him even more now that he's in not now that he's in the NFL, so so according to espn.com his pre-draft analy- uh, analysis, excuse me, describes him as a sideline-to-sideline run defender with a good pop as a tackler with the strength to set the edge and get off blocks when he keeps his pads down. But it does indicate that he needs to upgrade his counter moves, but he has a high ceiling as a pass rusher. So that's definitely something that the Cowboys can definitely be excited about and be hopeful about, but they're going to have to prepare him. No doubt, he has a lot to learn. But it also further acknowledges that he bends well and has exceptional closing bursts for his size. Four strip sacks last season was tied for the most in the FBS, according to ESPN Stats and Information. And all this is according to Steve Munch. I hope I'm pron- pronouncing that correctly. Now, according to Matt Miller, in the post-draft analysis... Well, post-draft an- analysis doesn't suggest any uh, any ill feelings about it, at least I don't think, but... The post-draft analysis indicates that, according according to Matt Miller, there is no doubt that the Cowboys needed more pass rush help after the loss of Randy Gregory. That's definitely true. Williams was highly productive in the SEC. He had 12.5 sacks last season. Now, that is huge. That's definitely definitely something that would definitely have me taken into consideration. Maybe we do need this guy. And he worked over the top 10 pick Charles Cross in in their head-to-head matchup. He can win with speed and can factor into the team's third down plans in year one with a projector starter, Greg, down the road. So that indicates that he's immediately not going to be a starter. I mean, honestly, nobody's a starter right now. None of these draftees are starters, and that, and that includes Tyler Smith. They're all going to have to earn their spot on that roster. They're all going to have to work their ass off. They all have a lot to learn. It's going to be a, It's going to be a, a, a long road, but you know what? That comes to the territory as far as making the NFL. So, so let's take a look at the his, uh, what NFL.com said about his draft profile because Sam Williams was never really a, a guy that uh, I ever would have anticipated. I mean, I, I was actually pretty shocked that N'Kobe Dean was still there and the Cowboys still didn't take him. So, man, unfortunately, you unfortunately, know, what, what really hurts is that he had, he ended up going to the Philadelphia Eagles. So the guy that I... Depicted or that predicted to be Dallas' first-round pick ends up being selected by the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. So looking at the player bio, he was considered an elite junior college prospect. And uh, this is uh, uh, according to uh, Chad Reuter. And um, his pe- he's got pass rush skills that went to the SEC in 2019. He led the Rebels with six sacks among 37 total tackles, which uh, of which nine and a half were for a loss. That is huge. Intercepted a pass and forced a fumble in 12 appearances, uh, 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 of which eight were starts. He was suspended from the team in July of 2020 after he was charged with sexual battery. Well, the, there's the off-the-field off issues that Mr. John Mesac was talking to me about. But he was reinstated to the team the, that September because the charges were dropped. Okay. Well, the charges were dropped, but I'm sure he still had to uh, be disciplined in a sense. But he went on to start 6 of 10 games played in 2020. He registered a total of 39 tackles, 8 of which were, were for losses, but he also had a team high of 4 sacks of that year. Now, last season, he was able to get team Associated Press All-American and first-team All-SEC honors by ranking 5th in the FBS... With a school record of again 12 and a half sacks, had 57 total tackles, 16, 16 of which were for losses, and he was tied for 10th in the country with four forced fumbles and 13 starts. Now his numbers from last year—that's definitely justified of why the Cowboys took him. Now, is he going to have those same numbers in the NFL? He—he he definitely could. Is it—is it, is it going to be as a rookie? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I don't, want, I, I don't want to put heavy expectations on the guy. Again, he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to work on. It's it's a long road for him, but, you know, again, that comes with the territory, and I, and I know that he knows that better than anybody. Now, one of the uh, cons about this was uh, was because according to NFL analyst Mr. Lance Zerline, Sam Williams was projected as, as being picked any, anywhere between the third and the fifth rounds. And his overviews Basically, uh, states that despite the he's got he's had some troubling performances against against the run, which is a bit discouraging. His pass rush flashes tend to leave a more lasting impression. So it kind of seems he struggles against the run, but he's a very good pass rusher. In my honest opinion, while it's definitely a, a cause for concern that we that he's not very good against the run, at least his pass rushing skills are right there. You can't ignore them, so that's good. But there's times where he's been overmatched and and pummeled at the point of attack in which he fails to play with the effort and grit needed to stand up to SEC linemen. But as a rusher, he gets off the ball quickly and attacks the pocket with a bend and hand work to gain entry into the backfield from a variety of angles. He projects as potentially dangerous a package rusher who will need to get stronger and more competitive against the run if he wants to be considered for early down snaps. Okay. I mean, again, my point, you know, he's got a lot to learn, he's got a lot to work on. So, basically, from all these notes, I'm sure the Cowboys did their homework, at least I would hope so, that they know what they have to work with him on. So, taking a look at the strengths he's got agility and acceleration pursuing in space, snap quickness to fire into the B cap, races upfield low and with lean, a flexibility again to bend and flatten the edge, inside transitions are sharp but fluid. Tremendous upper body twitch and flexibility. Active hand stacks, slaps, and counters when needed. And edge-to-edge rush quickness will make blockers work hard. Okay. Now the weaknesses include, he's, he fails to diagnose and match lateral block movement, consistently reached and caved by lesser talent, struggles to drop an anchor and set an edge, rush gets upended by a certain punch, and he lacks the lower body strength, with a pair of counters inside. Okay? I mean, based on all that, you know, it, it proves the same thing for all the players. He's good, but he's not perfect. And I'm not saying that he's he's not perfect because of the, of the off-the-field issues. Even he, I mean, he's not perfect as a player. But then again, nobody is, right? Nobody is. Alright. So... Let's go ahead and move on to—I'm uh, not going to go through all of them, but I'm, I'm going to try to go—I uh, definitely want to go through uh, Mr. Jalen Tolbert and, and Jake Ferguson. You know, I might as well go through them all as best I can, just in case. But, anyway, so now that we're done with Sam Williams— Well, Jalen Tolbert, a wide right receiver from South Alabama, you know, that actually—that pick really actually got the Cowboys— uh, I mean, a lot of people kind of like the pick, so, you know, even, my, even my friend Mr. John Misak. So Jalen Tolbert, again, out of the University of South Alabama. According to ESPN, his pre-draft analysis indicates that Tolbert reaches his top end speed quickly and tracks the deep ball well. I did seem I did see some of his highlights before starting. So yeah, he definitely is a receiver with, with 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 really good hands. So he's definitely a guy with potential to succeed with the Cowboys. He's definitely that player that can actually prove that just because. I went to a small school. Does not mean I can make a strong and influential impact in the NFL. Jalen Tolbert, I feel like, is definitely a guy with potential to really upset, to really prove the doubters wrong. Because people, a lot of people doubt him because he went to a small school. I mean, at first when I saw I saw Alabama, I thought he came from the University of Alabama, but then I but but then I told myself, well, the name doesn't sound familiar, so. So, when I did a deeper look, I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it was John Misak who told me this. I mean, John Misak informed me of the pick while we're doing a, a session of live game streaming. So, I'm pretty sure I must have mentioned Alabama. But John actually uh, corrected me and said uh, South Alabama. But anyway. So, last season, he led the FBS in both catches and yards on passes thrown 20 plus yards from 2020 to 2021. Let me say that one more time. He led the FBS in both catches with 29 and yards, 1,102, on passes thrown 20-plus yards from 2020 to 2021. Now that is extremely convincing. I can only hope and pray, yes, I do mean pray, that he and Dak Prescott can establish a very unique quarterback-to-wide receiver connection. I have a feeling that this this guy, this guy is something. Is the kind of player that Dak Prescott can certainly can certainly have a lot of fun playing with. Okay, you know this guy. Jay, I, know, I know that kind of sounded weird. <laughs> I did not. Okay, it's not what you mean. If it sounds weird, right, it's not what you mean. What I meant was Dak Prescott can certainly enjoy. You know. Passing the ball to him, and, and th- these these two can certainly do great things together on the on the grid on the grid iron All right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, a lot of people kind of pick up th- these kind of funny uh, whatever they, they think it sounds funny. But to finish the pre draft analysis, he plucks the ball on the run and is an instinctive open field runner after the catch. Although he's not a complete route runner, and he doesn't and he doesn't show great acceleration getting out of the break. So again, you know, he's not perfect. But I've seen the highlights. I've seen the highlights, and there's no doubt in my mind that the coaching staff ought to take a, a good liking to him. Dak Prescott can certainly uh, benefit playing from this guy, but at the same time, uh, as far as Dak Prescott goes, we need the offensive line to do their job. We would need Dak Prescott to be consistent and accurate. So, in other words, if Jalen Tolbert, if Jason, excuse me, if, if Jalen Tolbert is to do his job. He needs the offensive line to do their job, and he needs Dak Prescott to do his job. Again, it's teamwork. And ESPN actually mentioned that Jalen Talbert received a call from Dak Prescott. So how interesting is that? So he gets a call from Dak Prescott. He's drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. So it seems to me that perhaps Jalen Talbert and Dak Prescott are immediately going to get to work, and they're immediately going to start forming and building that connection that I was talking about. A duo, a quarterback-to-receiver duo. So, you know, on, 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 honestly, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this player, Jalen Tolbert. I, I really am, so he might be the most exciting player the, of the draft, you know, in my honest opinion. I'd imagine that uh, he's probably going to be groomed to be the the, the next uh, receiver, you know, to replace uh, Amari Cooper. I mean, I'd imagine, I'd imagine that CeeDee Lamb... It's probably that guy. You know, some would say it's 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 got to be Michael Gallup because Michael Gallup's been with us, you know, since twenty eighteen. But assuming that Gallup can work on the uh, can improve can, can improve the hands and, and and decrease the drops. Same thing with C D Lamb. So as long as as long as those two receivers can can get uh pick up the pace and Jalen Tolbert, you know, can actually If everything goes out well. I mean, the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, again, you know, as I've been saying, you know, a lot of arsenal weapons. So. But then again, the, the Dak Prescott, we would need him to be consistent and we would need the offensive line to be able to do their job. So. And by consistent, like Dak Prescott needs to throw the ball with, with good accuracy. So the accuracy and the consistency has to improve significantly. So the post-draft analysis on Jalen Talbert mentions that there were plenty of rumors leading up to the draft that the Cowboys might, have take, might take a receiver in the first round. Well, that was definitely a rumor, but I kind of I actually had hoped that that would not happen because I felt like we should have gone defense or at least offensive line. But, you know, waiting until round three and they kind of describe him as a physical and fast Talbert. Talbert, of course, is immediately to compete for a spot in the Cowboys' top three. I mean, I'd imagine he's definitely going to be the third receiver. I mean, not to mention that Cedric Wilson Jr. is no longer the Cowboys. He left to sign with the Miami Dolphins, so... So I really, I I really see Jalen Tolbert being the number three receiver. I mean, if he somehow actually outperforms Ceedee Lamb or Michael Gallup, that's certainly going to be huge. I mean, especially for Michael Gallup because Michael Gallup just received his payday. So, so now I want to take a look at his NFL draft profile, Mister Jalen Tolbert. Doing well. All right. So the overview, I'm going to go and skip to the overview. Yeah, allergies are killing me. Silky smooth athlete who has morphed into a monster over the last two seasons. A high character prospect with skill elements that are dripping with NFL potential. Gave work to everyone he faced including SEC cover corners with the University of Tennessee. His three-sport background offers unique perspective to pull from at his position, and his route running gives him a leg in camp battles early on. His traits, talent, and production should push him up the board and dialing up the competitive spirit that could turn him into a top-flight wide receiver too. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mr. Lance Zorlein. And actually, you no know, according to this, his NFL comparison is with Marvin Jones. But again, it's just a comparison, so... Comparison is basically an opinion. Now, if it's uh, if if uh, and you know, I mean, not that I disagree. None of this disagree with the comparison, but uh, yeah, comparisons an opinion. So I don't I don't want to make a comparison because what I want, what what I would want from Jalen Tolbert, I mean, my advice to him, and I'm sure he doesn't have to be told is you no, know, don't worry about being the next Marvin Jones or whatever. You know, be be the first you. So the strengths includes that he can put together big games against the best opponents. He had a stellar 20, 2021 season, uh, seven games with 100 plus yards. He fights through grabby coverage. Routes are gliding and smooth. A powerful pre break burst fools the coverage. Stick shift route run with excellent change of speeds. Now that is. Now that would definitely say, wow, we gotta take this guy into consideration. Frames up his defender and imposes his will on the high point. So this dude. This tells us this dude is a fearless guy. Like he does not care how much traffic is covering him. He's gonna. He kind of strikes me as the guy that even if it's three on one, he is gonna strive to do the best possible to still try to make the catch and to find a way to get open. That's what the Cowboys need. Now, as the weaknesses include that he has undisciplined drops at times, which you know again it proves the the same thing that I've been talking about. He's not perfect nobody is and uh, his catch adversity uh, seems to be in need of improvement as well as his deep ball positioning against the physical corners he gains positioning but doesn't always finish the block okay okay so obviously he's got things to work on but again he's not perfect but still Jalen Tolbert I'm definitely excited to see him I'd imagine uh I'd imagine Dak Prescott's even more excited Well, now we get to Jake Ferguson. Now, this is definitely something I I really actually kind of uh, froze for a second because I told myself, why in the blue hell did we take a fucking tight end? A tight end was not part of our draft needs. Our draft needs was offensive tackle, defensive end, wide receiver, inside linebacker, and defensive tackle. I imagine that perhaps we skipped on a defensive end and and uh, gone with Jake Ferguson because of the defensive end that we signed during free agency. I'd imagine that's the case. And I'm talking about Dante Fowler Jr., so I don't know. But Jake Ferguson, now I I studied the, the dude's film before this episode. The dude has excellent, and I do mean excellent, hands. Based on the highlights, he can catch the ball whether he's wide open, whether he is in traffic. I'm gonna tell you now this was in Wisconsin. Now in the NFL, it's gonna be different. But the dude, the way the dude can catch the ball, the way he has scored, is brilliant. His pre-draft analysis. A natural hands catcher who adjusts to passes thrown outside his frame, makes plays in the traffic, so you see, I did study the film correctly, I did do my homework on this guy, and shows the ability to hang on after taking a big hit. He runs hard and flashes the ability to make the first defender miss, but he's not much of a threat after the catch and lacks the second gear to stretch the field. He gets into position and blocks the echo of the whistle. Okay. Well, you see, uh, okay, so he's not much of a threat after, after the catch and he lacks the second gear to stretch. I mean, okay, well, he's not superhuman. He you know, he makes the big catch and you know, and and that's it. Now, obviously, the, if if he makes a big catch and then gets tackled immediately but holds on to the ball, that's respectable enough. Do I expect him to uh, to be perfect on every single play to break to make the huge catch when it's 3 on 1 and then break free and score? No, of course not. Like if he connects with Dak Prescott on a forty-yard play, let's say he's he's like he's being covered by three guys and he makes a forty-yard catch. That would be that would be more than enough. Like okay, he did his job on that play. So you know what? I don't care if he didn't score. Now if he broke free from one guy and then was tackled by the other two after after an additional ten yards, I would say okay. Look, it's frustrating that he didn't score, but you know what? He gave us something extremely respectable. So let's give the man his his credit. All right. Now taking a look at his NFL uh, draft profile. And again, I want to give a shout-out to Mr. John Misak for all the all the support that he's been giving me, along with several of my friends. You know, I I, I got to tell y'all, I, I have to get Mr. Misak on the show more often. Uh, for those of you, again, who need the reminder, he's known as the Critical Broncos fan. He's basically like me, except, you know, he he loves his Broncos, but he's super critical of them. Just like I love my Cowboys, but I'm super critical of them, so... Pretty much, we're the same, and <laughs> but anyway. So, uh, I gotta uh, to skip the the player bio. So the overview has him uh, again, according to Mr. Lance Zerline. Now, what's really kind of frustrating is that according to uh, his NFL draft profile, he was projected of of, of being drafted in the sixth and the, or the seventh round, but it's instead the but instead he actually was taken in the fourth round. So. But I gotta be honest, based on based on his uh, on the highlights, it, I I just saw a clip where he bobbles a catch and still makes the catch. No, I I don't think this guy is a sixth uh, is a sixth or seventh round pick. I think a fourth round pick is pretty good where where he's at. Now, if these highlights were basically from his senior year, then that's probably that, that probably says something. But still, I would say no, fourth round kind of seems like where he was at for me. But his is overview again, Mister Land Zorline, thank you very very much. Durable, reliable, and consistent. He comes from a football family. Okay, sweet. He had copy and paste receiving production throughout his career, despite playing in a limited passing attack with inconsistent quarterback play. Well, that's that's what has me worried uh, moving forward because Dak Prescott is known for being inconsistent. So Dak Prescott knows that you know now that you you got Jalen Tolbert, now you got Jake Ferguson. that's gonna further that would further. motivate Mr. Prescott to work on that to work on that consistency. But Mr. Jake Ferguson also has outstanding ball skills, including a rare level of concentration to make challenging catches in the face of oncoming collisions. That tells me that dude is a tough and fearless SOB. That's what the Cowboys need. Somebody that is not afraid of being hit. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, while he gives effort as a blocker, he's obviously not a great fit for what for what Wisconsin asks of the tight ends in the running game, and he's likely to be overmatched if he's asked to take on defensive ends in the NFL. So that kind of tells me he's a he's a tight end, but he's not a cat. He's not like a catch block tight end. He's more like basically he's a, he's, he's more like a catching tight end. He, he's not the the type of tight end that that, that, that is very good at blocking because, but he, you know we've seen many tight ends that are that are kind of like. They're the kind of the way he is, like tight ends that can catch the ball very well and run, but they're not able to block very well. I mean, we, we've seen many, many tight ends like that. But but that that kind of begs the question: if he if, he, if the fact is, it doesn't surprise me because he was formerly a wide receiver, according to the, some of the research. You know, he attended Val Phillips Memorial High School in Madison, Wisconsin. Played wide receiver and linebacker when he was in high school. Okay. Yeah, so so I'm not I'm not so I'm not surprised that 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 he's the way he's described uh, as a as a tight end that's not good at blocking. Because see, Mr. John Misak and I we were actually talking about this. And I've I've actually spoken about this with my good friend and my mentor. Well, Steve Adams would be one of them, but my other good friend and mentor, the master of Mayhem himself, the president, the owner, founder, and CEO of Paint Train Pipe On Productions, you know, he and, we, I've had this conversation with him, Steve, and Mr. Misak that tight ends that are good at cat, that, that are very good with catching that have very very good hands, but they, they lack the the skills to block. Chan- ch- you know, chances are that they were not they were receivers, you know, during their time I- I- either before or college when, when they were in high school. So most of these tight, most of these tight ends, you know, that, that kind of move like that, like they were receivers. But some tight ends were also running backs. I mean, usually a tight end that was you that's good at blocking, chances are that they played running back during their time in high school. So, so tight ends can come in from from different backgrounds. Maybe they were receivers, you know, during their high school days. Maybe they were running backs, you know, linebackers as well, or what, or maybe even offensive line. But as far as him goes, yeah, you know, the fact that he's. Uh, he, he he gives effort. So the fact that he gives effort, I appreciate that enough. But again, you know, had described not a great fit for what Wisconsin asked for the tight ends in the running game. I mean, look, again, you know, he he's not gonna he's not gonna be perfect at everything. But he's a solid receiver and a below average blocker. So, you know, and and that kind of reminds me a, a little bit about uh, Dalton Schultz. But it's it's definitely a, a cause for concern that that we don't have a tight end that can block very well, but I'm sure that, you know, we'll see what he can do. But in my honest opinion, if Jake Ferguson can excel at catching the ball, being wide open, giving us big plays and like that, that's certainly going to be satisfactory enough. But at the same time, we are in need of a tight end that can actually work on the block too because, you know, the offensive line, is, they're already going to be overwhelmed. All right. So now looking at the strengths. So he holds the school record for consecutive games with a catch. Routes were more crisp in 2021. Clever release stems and skilled hand usage to slip pressure. Speed to threaten seam vertically and hopes to snare at the high point. Not hopes. I mean, excuse, excuse me. Let me say that again. Speed to threaten seam vertically and hops to snare at the high point. Oh, man. I'll tell you, the excitement and the adrenaline is just so overwhelming. I'm just, like, misreading and missing some words right now, so I apologize also includes outstanding catch focus no matter the traffic gym again according to the hi- I saw the highlights this dude will be will be will, will be, uh, will, will be run, into tra- will run into traffic but he'll still make the effort he won't lose his focus he will not panic he will not give up he does not stop putting all the effort in the world until the whistle is blown and the play is blown dead in other words this dude is committed and dedicated committed and dedicated dedicated that's what I want from a player that's what I need from a player who's playing for the Dallas Cowboys a certified tough guy catching through very heavy contact makes instant adjustments to the football lateral quickness as a zone blocker adequate effort to sustain blocks in space so he does have a little bit of positive experience with 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 blocking now, the weaknesses again, it lacks the desired physicality as an inline blocker, needs to add core strength and determination, defensive ends play through him too easily. Well, that, that's definitely going to be a problem, not that, he, not that he's, NFL, not that he's in, the, in the NFL, but I'm sure that the, the Cowboys coaching staff is going to work on that. An average leverage at the breaking point, average burst off the line into his routes, and would benefit by settling in space more quickly. Okay. Again, I could, I don't know how many times I have to go through it, but every player is going to have strengths and weaknesses, so. This particular guy, there's nothing new about it. Alright. Moving on to Jake Ferguson. Matt, well, let's go. A tall offensive tackle with rare length and a good range. Gets good initial push in a phone booth and buries defenders on combo blocks. A high center of gravity and falls off blocks late. He has long arms to take away the edge and flashes a powerful punch and pass pro. Has the foot speed and bounce to take away inside moves when his footwork is sound. But, but well, let's go. Gets caught flat footed at times. All right, well, that's the uh, pre draft analysis. I'll take a look at the, uh, the fifth. He's a fifth round pick. Uh, and, and imagine, yeah, he's he's actually one of the fifth round picks we got from the Mario, from the Amari Cooper trade. Now, I really hope I'm, I'm saying it correctly. I don't know if it's is it go or vale, or Valetsko? Uh but it, 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 if, if I'm saying it wrong, uh, I do I do apologize. Now, he's an offensive line out of the University of North Dakota. Now, I'm glad I actually double checked on like that because you know if I hadn't check, double checked it, if I had not you know watched his highlights, I probably would be right here saying North Dakota State. Okay, no, okay, I was thinking, okay, so it's pronounced, well, let's go. Okay, well, let's go. But uh, according to to Lance Zerline, well, let's go also project to be picked in the sixth or seventh round. But the overview skyscraping FCS tackle with tremendous lengths, but there are too many holes in the physical profile to project the NFL success at his stage. His length and upper body power are traits that teams will want to cultivate. But his pad level issues and average foot quickness are limitations that could be difficult to work around. The run blocking should improve with more experience and coaching, but his habit of leaning and pass protection reflects core strength concerns. Okay, he's obviously got a lot to work on. But you know, I've seen some of the highlights from from, from the draft day from his movement. So obviously, he's kind of like he, he's seen as a guy that being skeptical of him is certainly. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if justified is, is is the right way, but you know, again, you know, I'm I'm, skept, I'm skeptical about everything, because you know, again, um, you know, more than anything, you know, uh, even though I, I'm skeptical being about the two for the the two first picks, you know, Tolbert, I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited about Tolbert and Ferguson, but at the same time, my skepticism, my skepticism, excuse me, my skepticism as far as Tolper and Ferguson goes, is, you know, the offensive line protection and, of course, the quarterback play and Kellen Moore calling the plays, but also at the same time, you know, Ferguson, you know, with the blocking, too, there's a little bit of that, but again, you know, he's that kind of tight end, so... Obviously, his overview does say that if his pass posture is not fixed as a right tackle prospect, the power rushers will eat him alive. Oh, boy. So, the strengths include he blocks with consistent base width, accelerates through the run fit, adequate mirror to quickness to play right tackle, will be able to weaponize length with additional coaching, looks for work in both running and passing games. That's definitely good. And frequently bounced opponents around the field with upper body power. Okay? Now, the weaknesses include that his pad level, again, is, is, is an inconsistent nemesis due to his height. He has to work on his footwork to become more efficient on workup blocks, and I'm sure the Cowboys will be will, will work on it with him on that. I would hope. He needs more ma- more needs more mass and muscle to withstand power rushers. Leans and collects the rusher rather than sitting back and punching, and lacks desired twitch to handle quick developing twists. Okay. Now I'll be honest with you. I'm definitely skeptical uh, skeptical about him, but again, give him a chance. Give him a chance to prove himself, and you know, and I'll and I'll, and I'll give it to him. Again, same thing goes for him. And da- you know, I'm skeptical about him, but if that well, let's go makes an impression. Again, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll take responsibility. So now at this point, I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. So now we're at the uh, Deron Bland, our second fifth round pick, cornerback from Fresno State University, described as a tall corner with long arms, who reportedly ran well. At his pro day. A 4.4 second at the 40 yard dash. He can locate the ball and pluck it out out of the air when he's in coverage. He tries to rip the ball out when he gets caught out of phase. A tight in space and doesn't cover well on tape. He has the size and toughness to develop into an effective run defender. Oh boy. Okay. I'll be honest as far as any as far as secondary players, especially with the Cowboys. The skepticism the skepticism already already uh, kicks in I mean and and the draft projection you know has him as a priority free agent so he wasn't really expected to, to be drafted and really his overview doesn't really say much except pretty much the same thing but the the strengths include an excellent blend of size length and speed plays with physical temper temperament and coverage. Quick to crowd his opponent with, while racing down the field. tackle strength to finish his work near the point of impact. Seven special team, special team tackles last season. And the weaknesses include struggles with technique and footwork when playing in space. Fails to accelerate quickly from transitions. And needs better confidence in turning to locate the football. Below average route anticipation and feel for positioning. And slow fl- feet into contact and into his run support. And will need a more proactive downhill approach against the run. As far as this guy goes, if he makes the team, then, you know, I'd imagine he's he's kind of a guy that would like, that, you know, his chances of making the team might be 50-50. But that probably goes for all the rest of them. But... Uh, I don't know if it's uh, Damon Clark or... I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, if it, that's the next pick. If Deron Bland... Whatever his chances are. But at this point... Give give him a chance to prove himself. I mean, that, that goes for pretty much everybody, you know, starting now. But that kind of started, you know, with uh, with Matt go But, you know, give him his chance and we'll see how things go. And I'm sure, da- I mean, I'm, I'm sure Dan Quinn's going to sit him down and say that, you know, you've got a lot to learn and you've got a lot to work on. It's not going to be easy... And you're not guaranteed anything, so you know again, you know that comes with the territory. But that comes with the territory for any player, even the first-round picks. So now, uh, Damon Clark, inside linebacker out of the out of Louisiana State University, a pre-draft analysis include uh, uh, indicates he's got an ability to keep blockers off his frame, makes him tough to block in the run game. He closes well and chases with good effort. He is tight and is going to have a hard time covering shiftier running backs. But he matches up better with tight ends and shows good awareness in underneath zone. He underwent a spinal fusion surgery in March, and he's likely to miss the entire 2022 season. But he's expected to make a full recovery. Okay. Well, it's unfortunate he's not going to play this season, but... He's definitely a guy that the Cowboys are taking a chance on. I mean, will I forget how the Cowboys took a chance on Jalen Smith back in 2016? He's that. I mean, he has you know spinal fusion. You know, I really hope that this dude can't. He's expected to make a full recovery, and I hope he does because you know again this guy, another another story out there, projected to be a fourth and fourth to sixth round pick, and he's been compared to Keenan Robinson. Watts well, definitely is somebody I remember very well, former Texas Longhorn linebacker. So his overview describes that he's a long willed built inside linebacker and packed into an athletic frame. Athleticism, toughness, tackling talent helped Clark piled up production in 2021 despite a lack of game-to-game consistency. His play recognition and instincts are erratic and could continue to be, but his game against Alabama should be weighed on more heavily in his favor as it shows what he's capable of against bigger and better opponents. So he's basically kind of seen as an early backup and a special teams performer with projectable upside in the middle. But again, we're reminded that he recently underwent a spinal fusion surgery, which again is to, uh, is, is to likely sideline him for the entire season. So, So his strengths... Have him as an excep- exceptional football character. A consistency of physicality to the field maintains a separation from blockers. He is able to fit in firmly and stop short yardage uh, carries. Played exceptional football in a lost Alabama, so he played well despite the fact that his team lost. Plays with a reactive agility to shine as an open field tackler. Okay, I just hope that he can get healthy soon because it kind of seems like you know this dude. Can certainly, you know, uh, make one hell of a story, but... So, he had spinal... Fu- so, part of the weaknesses include... So, I was looking for the reason why for the uh, the spinal fusion surgery. And it says, to her repair a herniated disc in March. So, route recognition and challenge from Zone is average. Needs to challenge and stack blocks to squeeze the gap. And misdirected by false keys. And it has an issue reading fake plays and mesh point action. Well, I imagine even though he, he probably can't play, I imagine you know he's probably gonna start studying uh, some you know studying you know some of the film or whatever you know and, and try to get back to being in shape and whatever. I mean, I'm sure he's still in shape, but get back to uh, being the being in in football shape, like you know, ready to play, like have the speed and, and everything. So we'll see. But first things first is we, he needs to recover first. So now we get to John Ridgeway, defensive tackle, the University of Arkansas. According to the pre-draft analysis, he is a stout run defender and former wrestler who controls blockers with his hands, locates the ball well, and gets off blocks. His effort chasing the run and rushing the passer is outstanding. Doesn't have the foot speed or closing burst to regularly get to the quarterback at the NFL level, though. So, okay, I mean, very, you know, very talented, but obviously not perfect. You know, he's got pros and cons, just like everybody else. And he's a former wrestler, so, you know, I... You know, he, there's actually that other defensive lineman for the Cowboys. You know, we got last in, in last year's draft. You know, out of UCLA, who's also a, you know, a a, rest, a, a wrestler. So huh. and now we got two wrestlers in a defensive line. That actually ought to be interesting. All right, I look at the NFL draft profile. A college nose tackle with the size and length for consideration along the interior, or as an odd front defensive end. He was a, is more wrestler than gap eater when taking blocks as a nose. He is likely to be coveted by traits based on evaluators eager to develop the physical ingredients into a more polished product. While most of his experience has come at nose tackle, the sum of his parts might take might make more of a sense as a three-four defensive end, where his long arms and natural power would become more beneficial as an edge setter. But unfortunately, he won't offer much help as a pass rusher. So a rotational lineman with upside is likely to become his tag as a day three prospect. Well, he's a fifth round. He was a fifth round of draft pick. So he was a state champion wrestler with core strength and lean mass, impressive physical measurements, room for marked improvement with additional technique work, better reactive athleticism than expected when runner tests his gap, and a pass rusher but seeks out early access to the balker's edge. Look, I studied his film before before I started this, so... But I got to be honest, you know, yeah, the way he blocks, he, he kind of like puts his arms around you, like jumps out of nowhere and like takes you down. I mean, you can honestly tell that he he kind of incorporates a, a bit of his wrestling into his football. A, a lot of football players that, that are also wrestlers or, or who used to be wrestlers, you know, do that. So it, it kind of looks like, you know, he, he's not afraid to go all, all in and he's definitely going to like you know, be extremely fiscal on, on the field, but that's what, we, that's what we need from him, so. But the weaknesses include that he's, he ends up on the ground too often, he failed to defend gaps effectively against uh, Georgia's fiscal front, knocked off his base by down blocks, and re- rarely see rush corners in secondary fresh rush falls flat. Well, obviously he had a bad day against the University of Georgia. But, you know, he wasn't going to be perfect every single game. So now we get to the last pick, Devin Harper, an inside linebacker out of Oklahoma State University. Hmm, okay. So the pre-draft analysis includes that he is an off-the-ball linebacker with average length and outstanding top-end speed. There's some room for for improvement when it comes to getting off blocks, but he is rangy and flashes good stopping power. A team captain with a mindset and make an immediate impact on special teams. I'd imagine that he's probably... There's definitely a chance that he could actually spend more time on special teams. Uh, We'll have to see how he does at training camp, at minicamp, training camp, uh, the preseason. But... Right now, I, I say that, you know, that uh, Devin Harper can, can certainly uh, spend more, more time right now probably in special teams. He, he might get a couple of snaps, you know, uh, on defense. But I'd imagine that is if the Cowboys are already winning by a large margin and, the, and then the starters are pulled out. But, but going back to, to uh, John Ridgeway. I'm not sure exactly how he'll start his season. We'll have to wait and see how training camp goes for him. I mean, that kind of goes for everybody starting with, with uh, Matt Valetsko. Oh, excuse me, go So, from Matt Valetsko to Devin Harper, I mean, it's a matter of seeing how things go at, tra- at training camp in the preseason. But, I, at this point, you know, I'm skepticism about the whole draft as a whole. So, I say, give all these guys a chance to prove themselves. And whatever happens, happens. If they don't make the team, well, I mean... It, it is what it is, so, so let's just go ahead and wait and see. So now looking at Devin Harper, now uh, closing to clo- uh, close out the episode in a little bit, so looking at the, the draft profile from the, NF- from the NFL.com, you know, he's a 4-3 Will linebacker candidate with strong athletic traits that could outweigh his lack of starting experience for some teams. His pursuit of the ball is bolstered by his speed and agility, providing with NFL caliber range. However, his lack of instincts and play recognition will require a much-needed upgrade. But his special teams potential could give him a chance to make a practice squad. Wow. So I'd imagine that if he makes a team, it's going to be as a special teams player, or if he, if it, it, or whatever. But you know, the, the practice squad. None of the practice squad is mentioned. I'm like, huh. So I'd imagine that he could end up being uh, making at least the practice the practice squad. So, well, we'll have to go. we we'll to wait and see. Again, I mean, it's uh, how he does at camp and you know the, the voluntary workouts and everything. So, but the strengths include impressive speed and explosiveness at linebacker. Stays square, mirroring the ball carrier in his scrapes. Uses his wingspan to get into blocker quickly and separate. Explosive bursts in the pursuit. A springy... Springy, excuse me, an agile as an open field tackler. Athletic ability to range down and move in coverage. And he's talented in in punt and kick coverage. Talented in punt and kick coverage. Well, if he does that, if that actually goes well in the preseason, I mean, that could actually solidify himself as a spot in the special team, so... And if, if that actually goes well, he could certainly be a player you know to watch out for you know on special teams th- this coming season. So, but the the weaknesses include he was a full time starter in only one of his five seasons, he lacks the desired strengths for the position, and allows blockers to find him at the second level, and a very aw- average awareness as a, as a zone defender. Well, again. If he's basically a mindset to make an immediate impact on special teams, I honestly imagine that in 2022, this coming season, if he's not on the practice squad, he's definitely going to be on on special teams, and that's probably it. He might come in uh, to play defense, you know, on the defense, you know, if, if the Cowboys have a huge lead and, and the starters are out. But uh, as far as Devin Harper goes, I, I see him, you know, uh, the best chance, I think, is is is, is him start, starting out at, at special teams, and it, it, as long as you know he gets better and better and better, I'd imagine that Dan Quinn's gonna have no choice but to but to actually uh, have him you know play deep you know play defense you know come in as linebacker more often to play alongside the likes of um, Micah Micah Parsons and all the other guys. So, but we'll, at the very least, we'll have to go ahead and wait and see. So honestly. My grade, uh, I give the Cowboys. I mean, I hate to do this, but I give him a C, and that's actually the same grade that Mel Kiper Jr. gave the Cowboys in, in his uh, in his uh, NFL uh, Winners and Losers uh, uh story. I actually read it, so yeah, you know, he mentions it's it's like his his thirty season of doing this, so yeah, he's been around forever. So, but I'll say, you know, if if Mel Kiper. It's far as far it's far from impressed and you know again you know I'm, I'm skeptic I'm, I'm skeptical about the about this whole draft class and I pretty disappointed but but regardless of my skeptic of my skepticism and my disappointment you know still give the guys a chance let them let, let them go out there and prove themselves and, and we'll see so and really that's that, that's all I can say give the guys a chance if they, if, if they prove me wrong, again, I'll own up to it. If things don't work out, well, it is what it is. That's all I can say. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboy's Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me this evening, and I'll see you all next time.